Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Offside with Andrew Gunling and JJ Devaney. Oh, yes. Caught offside just outside of New York City from an apartment in Brooklyn, New York. Andrew Gunling and JJ Devaney. What's up, brother? I'll tell you what's up. Uh, I want to thank everyone who wished me a happy birthday. Hmm. And I believe it was the late, great Mac Miller had a, a, an album or a mixtape called Best Day Ever. And that was yesterday. It wow. Was it was brilliant. What a day. Just what a day. You know, it, you don't often hear that about about the Monday birthday. No, but it, it, it worked out for me unbelievably. And I'm um, I just think about everyone in my life now and think I'm a lucky guy. And, you know, it's easy to complain and say, oh, I got to do a podcast with Andrew. Oh, Andrew sucks. Oh, he's the worst. Yeah. But, you know, there are other good people in your life and you just go. <laughs> That's not fair. Well, it's it's important that you recognize that. That's unfair. I am using my birthday to take shots at you, and I apologize. So what what did you do? Are you you're going to sit here and say it's the best day of your life, and then just uh, move right on? You're not going to share. Well, I got to be careful with how I what I the details that I give away because I don't want the image of my eighth month eight month pregnant girlfriend making me breakfast in bed. To linger long because it's out there now. Yeah. If you dig into that one, you're like, lazy, just get up. What are you doing? Um, But she did. She did that. I say she made it for me. She ordered it for me. So, I mean, maybe that takes away a little bit of the labor. Um, And then I went on a, I went on my bike Uh and I, uh, I did. Well, I, I actually went to the hardware store first, bought a few things for, to do up the nursery and then I went on my bike and I hit a few spots in the neighborhood. I'm right in the middle of basically where we kicked the Brits out hmm. during the uh, War of Independence. We didn't kick them out here. In fact, we, we suffered a couple of significant defeats, but it was a, a very important part of the War of Independence, which makes me even more annoyed to discover that one of my neighbors had a full coronation banner out for King Charles at the weekend. I thought we settled this issue in Park Slope. There, must, there must be pageantry. 
Oh, there must be pageantry. But anyways, I also I went for... uh, what what does this have anything to do with your birthday other than this is providing you some chance to to flex your history muscles on this podcast? No, I went I went for what is what I, is the, the I hate Greenwood kicked I out hate... in this area have to do with anything? I hit Greenwood Cemetery, which is a major major historical uh, place in uh, in Brooklyn, and then I hit Sunset Park, and then I hit Prospect Park. So I guess I did a kind of a bit of a bike tour okay and it was great it was it was really special well that's lovely i'm happy for you um you've achieved another year and hey uh, listen every year is a bonus now at this point isn't it oh my god what are you 89 years old no but i do start to think about death uh it's uh, you know there's always happiness and then there's very quickly dark for me it doesn't stay in the middle. It doesn't stay center. But I would like to say I, I had a, I had a great time. Rounded off by watching the Knicks, which was there is nothing more frustrating than watching a basketball team be within eight, seven to eight points constantly in a game, yeah. but not able to like do anything. Oh, it's yeah, it's infuriating. It's it's truly infuriating. I've I, I and and you know I want all New York teams to do well. I mean, it's get... just it's just the classic like carrot hanging at the end of a stick in front of an animal that they just keep like grabbing for and they get close, but they're never going to get it like that. No. And there yeah, was a man there was a man playing for Miami who shouldn't be allowed to play for Miami because he looks like an accountant from Des Moines. I'm guessing you mean Duncan Robinson. No, Zeller. Oh, Cody like, Zeller, is it? Yeah, Cody Zeller. So he's let that he's, he's balled on top, which is fine. Happens to all of us. Um, most of us, some of us, whatever. But he's left the sides. Don't leave the sides. Shave it all off, right? And then he's wearing goggles, like Rambus goggles. Yeah. And I'm like, you're not, you're not a basketball player. You're not cool enough. But he was good. Those are the ones you got to watch. Um, what a show we have for you here on this lovely morning. It's a, it's a Champions League day. Uh, obviously, it's early. Uh, but prior to that game happening, we'll have full Champions League coverage for you. Uh, pro- you'll probably see that early Thursday morning for your your Thursday morning commute. Yeah. Um, but boy, am I excited! As we've gotten closer to those Champions League fixtures, I just keep thinking about them, and they're just like they're just great matchups. Like they're no, such they're... fun matchups. Um, uh, we are all Real Madrid fans today. We are all Real Madrid fans. Um, much as I love Kevin De Bruyne, uh, I want Real Madrid to work their magic today, <laughs> just for uh, the fun of it. So yeah, we'll be we'll be all over that, of course. But today we're going to kind of look back on a few other things from over the course of the past few days. There's been permanently games scattered over uh, the last few days. Is that because were there so many games on Monday, JJ, because of the coronation? I, I think it was a bank holiday, and that that was the yeah. reason why, right? I mean, there's policing issues, and there's uh, I suppose they get I guess they had to spread the fixtures out to make sure that they could cover everything. Um, the coronation, by the way, um, you watched it. No, just be honest. Incorrect, incorrect. And I'll never, I'll never hide that stuff. You know how, you know how much of an anglophile I am. Oh my god! No, I, I didn't, I didn't watch. I thought you and Amanda would watch. It was, it wasn't out of any like choice. Like I'm gonna, I'm protesting this. It wasn't like that. It was just like, if I'm, if I have other things that I would rather do, it's, it's not a thing that I'm gonna stop my day for. Put it that way. And I'll say this too. Um, I, I don't mean to. I'm going to say I don't mean to take shots, but this kind of is one. Just Mm. like looking at him, the new king, Mm. in like his regalia and like 
all the stuff that you wear, I guess, when you're yeah. king. I, I I can't put my finger on it exactly why, but he does not cut a royal figure. <laughs> is that which what, is amazing? Like I don't look at him and I'm like, oh, he what a regal presence. <laughs> I just don't. I don't know. <laughs> like I was, right. like, I looked at him. I don't know. It was like, huh, this like looks almost unusual. Uh, but it, I guess we so- get used to it. No one look. No one looks like a king immediately. I guess I don't know. I mean, Unless was... like Patrick Stewart was king, I could see like he he cuts a royal presence. Oh, and he's got the voice as well. Yeah, yeah. I am the. Wasn't king. He, he was King Richard in in uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights, right? Yeah, and he's so, been he, he's yeah. done. I think he's done King Lear as well. So he's been okay. all the kings. Yeah. Um. But it, it was funny that uh, Charles was in the in this three million dollar golden carriage. Yeah. Uh, and they had a voice. I mean, it's raining, so the rain is hitting the side of the carriage. And they had a a, a voice expert or a lip reader come in and 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 interpret what he's saying. And he's just uh, there like this. It's like, why can we never be on time? We are always late. Is and that then, true? Is this true? Yeah, I'll send you the bit. And there's one bit where he just goes, "This is boring." Oh God! Are you? <laughs> I don't know how if I trust that lip reading. Oh, uh, Sky Sports, not Sky Sports, Sky News. Why would you not trust Sky News? Well, it's not them. It's it's the like that's a hard job, I imagine. And that person could be saying other things. That that feels like a weird thing for someone to be saying as they're being crowned king. We of can never, no, he's not. He's not being crowned. He's just like it, it's got to be a bit embarrassing. Uh, Why can we never be on time? Like that's just such an odd time. thing to say. Like it is. Is there a set time that this happens? Like no, but it's generally kinda, it's like as weird an answer is like when when Peter Griffin asks his long lost relative who's come down from heaven what's heaven like, and he tells him there's a shortage of chairs. Like <laughs> it's just such a weird thing to say about being. But we did king. see him. We did see him We're when late queen, when Lizzie died. We did see him upset. He was in Belfast and he had to sign some papers, I guess, and yeah, the yeah. pen didn't work. He's like, yeah, very good. And he he got very upset by that. He doesn't like to be like any of us. We don't like to be kind of look foolish on camera, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, I suppose. Speaking of looking foolish on camera. So here we go. Um, No, we're not starting there. No, I was going to start at the top of the table in the Premier League. And we'll go through a bunch of things. Of course, relegation was was crazy. It was the bank holiday pushed all pretty much all of the relegation related fixtures to Monday. So they were all kind of happening up against one another, which made it for a fascinating day as the table continued to shift as the day moved along. Uh, So we'll get to that. That was probably the most riveting part of the, of the past few days, a little bit of top four stuff also, as my prophecy is, is moving closer to being correct. Um, Oh boy. Is it? Yeah. A little later. Yeah. You're dressed up. You're, you're in your Royal regalia today. JJ's got a Liverpool Jersey on. I mean, you know what that means? He's, he's getting excited. He's starting to feel things again. Whoa, Um, whoa, 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 whoa. So we'll get to that. Okay. I wear one regularly anyway. Well, it takes a special presence, uh, a special moment to bring that out. But, uh, so we'll get to that. We'll get to, uh, Gerhard Struber out with the New York Red Bulls. Um, Millwall, I'm sure you have some thoughts oh, for on. God's sake. Uh, suddenly, JJ is like crestfallen over Millwall's disappointment. Yeah, I, which well, is, I want a little bunch of racists. Uh, in it's the a little, yeah, it's a little uncomfortable and hard to wrap my mind around, but <laughs> we'll get to all that. Let's start at the top, though, of the table in the Premier League. Uh, JJ Arsenal are not going to make this easy for Manchester City. Uh, I think there was a feeling going into their match against Newcastle over the weekend that, okay, they, they've they've put up a fight, 
but at St. James Park, um, you know, we kind of viewed when City beat Arsenal, like that that was the initial blow that I think many people ruled Arsenal's chances out. But then I think this was the one where where a lot of people would think, okay, well, now it's official. Like now this isn't actually a thing that I, I need to pay attention to anymore. And Arsenal are not going to allow that to happen. This was um, this was a, a really tough challenge for them, and they found a way to come out of it. 2-0 is the final, and Arsenal, they're going to push Manchester City, it seems. Yeah, I mean, look, I was watching it with my, my friend Dave, and Dave is a recent Premier League convert, recent soccer convert, and he loves it now. He watches everything. He, he, will, he will watch whatever games are on. And he just looked at me, and I said, during the game, I was like, all right, all right, Arsenal. Okay. And he goes, dude. I was like, what? He goes, dude, this is over. This is over. And and it, and the title race is over. City are going to be crowned champions. But it was still a very good performance from Arsenal. It well, still we, was. We don't, we don't know yet. And look, I know what I think. I've, I've said for a, a little while now that Manchester City are going to be champions of the Premier League. But I, I Arsenal have at least pushed it to Manchester City's midweek Champions League fixtures with Real Madrid. Like that that is always going to be the one variable that we we think we know that Manchester City can handle that that it's not a big deal that they've dealt with this stuff before. Um they're they're battle-hardened, they know how to navigate these things. They have a huge squad. But there's a chance Real Madrid is is a is going to be an incredible challenge for them. And so Arsenal have at least gotten it to the point where Manchester City still have to worry about both things. No, you're right. You're right. Um, the 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 Odegaard opener, which by the way is a lovely goal, a goal you don't see that much of anymore. I mean, the, but you you literally saw a carbon copy of that goal against Tottenham. JJ, I saw a side by side video played simultaneously of the goal Odegaard scored versus Spurs and this goal. I I, I honestly. I couldn't tell which was which. They were exactly the same. The same exact spot on the field, the same kind of space he was given, the same low hits the ground a few times into that very same corner. Like they were identical, shot for shot remakes of one another. So he noticed to everyone in the Premier League, if he's straight on from about like 26 yards out, <laughs> somebody move up. Somebody get in his way because he this is that's his spot. He's going to get to that spot and try to do that. I identical. Lo- I, right. Those goals were identical. I just feel as if there was a time when the low drive into the bottom corner from 25 yards was much more common. Um, and you don't see it as much anymore. There was. But that's not even the point. I enjoyed the goal. Uh, Peter Drury had the weirdest call. Of that goal that I have heard in a while, his line was. This is a team that were top of the league for most of the season. His line was, and Arsenal will not be subservient. What? Unbelievable. Why? Absolutely unbelievable. Arsenal will not be subservient. Uh Uh-huh. What does like what are you talking about? They won't be subservient. Well, isn't they're that playing... kind of what we're saying here? Like they're not gonna make this easy for Manchester City. They will not go quietly. Isn't that I mean that's literally how we, we let off this section with those words. He just I mean, found a more I mean, colorful now, way of saying it. Now that I think about it, if it is in terms of Manchester City, maybe it makes sense. It I was wasn't about it... Newcastle, it's about the title race, that call. Y- you think so? Of course. Hmm. Oh, this Straight away, my, my mind started worrying. And, I, and I, I keep telling people that very soon, Tottenham and Arsenal 
and Liverpool will be fighting against Newcastle to keep them not out of like third or fourth, but out of one or two. That's yeah. where it's going to be. No, you're right, but that's not what that call was in reference to. What, what are you going to just trust Peter Drury? What are these trust issues, huh? You know, and we've had him on the podcast. He's He was amazing. He was part of our Premier League preview this I season. Know, I know. He was should incredible. I just, should I just trust in Drury? Yes. Okay. Gadzooks. Don't say Gadzooks. That, that is very... That feels like somebody at the Coronation who's in their 80s and they got served their wine too warm, would have said Gadzooks, okay? Gadzooks. Um, I, I will say this, though, while you're talking about Newcastle, it ended 2-0. I thought they were actually pretty good. I mean, I mean like, ra- think, think about how this game went. If Jacob Murphy, he hits the post a minute in, they nearly yes. got a penalty. It went to VAR seven minutes in. Um, you know, Isak hit the post two minutes into the second half. Ramsdale made a couple incredible saves. Ramsdale made two of the best saves you'll see. One from Willock and then one from Fabian Cher. Uh, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant saves. He's an enigma to me because I do not think he's been... In those those three games that we talk about, um, he was very good in the Liverpool game, probably saved them from, from a loss. But like, we'll say the City game, the uh, Southampton game, the West Ham game, you felt... Oh God, he's just wobbling a little bit, um, but he pulled out some brilliant saves uh, at St James's Park. He's—I mean, he was excellent, excellent. Yeah, I, I think he's—he's he's very good. He's very good, I would say. Yeah, I—I just—I I think of those. I will forever think of those games as the games where Arsenal lost it, and I will look back upon people who maybe did not cover yeah. themselves in glory, probably unfairly. And uh, he comes to mind, but no, he was—he was—he was excellent. Um, Arsenal managed the game very well, Andrew. That is and one way of putting it. Managing the game is a way of saying they wasted time excellently. And I have no problem with it. Like, literally none. This is, I know... <clears throat> I mean, America, it's a, you're right. Like, <laughs> I, I don't want to make this like, oh, uh, uh, you know, Americans don't understand soccer thing. I, I, I really, I don't. But there's a lot of Americans that I would meet, a lot of friends of mine who are absolutely frustrated by how time wasting in soccer is kind of allowed and how you're allowed kind of make it make it a thing. Uh, if you're if you're a team that's ahead, you can really slow the game down. Um, but for me, it's it's part of the game. It's a skill of the game. Um, uh, Eddie Howe said this. Um, uh, he said he was he was unimpressed. Uh, it was frustrating from our perspective. We wanted the ball in play. We wanted to find a rhythm. It was very stop-start. That was suiting, of course, the away team. As the home team, you want the ball in play. So it was frustrating in that sense for us, definitely. They managed the game well from their perspective. They slowed it down. Lots of breaks in play. Frustrating for us. Naturally, we wanted the ball in play more, especially when you were chasing the game. Um, now... That is kind of rich coming from Eddie Howe, Andrew, because uh, Football London have the stats taken from Opta. Uh, they show that Newcastle ranked bottom of the league when it comes to taking a goal kick after the ball goes out, wow. averaging 36.8 seconds in this regard. Um, similarly, Brentford are the only team in the English top flight that take longer than the Tyneside Club to restart a match following any delay. In fact, the ball is in play just 52% of the time during Newcastle matches this season. 
the lowest percentage of any team in the division. Wow. Yeah. And ironically, Howe has also played down talk of time-wasting from his side in the past, notably after they drew nil-nil. Remember the nil-nil at Arsenal uh, back in January? And we're like, oh, is that drop points? Is that drop points for Arsenal? That's, that's, a, that's a game they need to be winning if they're going to win the title. But if you watch that game, Newcastle were an effing disgrace. Anytime they could, they slowed the game down. The ball went out. They went. That's fine. It's part of it. Totally part of it. You cannot now go and cry wolf when the shoe is on the other foot. No, that's, that's, a, that's an excellent point. Arteta spoke about it too. He said, game management is something huge in the way Newcastle play, and we had yep. to do that even better than them. <laughs> <laughs> it's been massive from them. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about it. What's sauce for the goose is sauce for the gander. You yeah, I would point? agree. I would agree. You, you are right in that it is part of the game. I mean, you watch this sport long enough, and you just understand it's it's ingrained in the in the way this game goes, oh, especially my, when absolutely. you get to, especially in in major tournaments, especially when you get to this point in the season, and there's just no room left for for error. There's no margin for error, especially when you're Arsenal. However, the only the only place where I'll stop you a little bit short is, like I I won't like you're again you're right, but I won't glorify it. It's not it's not fun. It doesn't make for an enjoyable watch. It's not it's, something I want to see. But it's even like, when it's even when it's my own team, like I'm, yeah. I'm okay with it because I, I, it's it's more important to just win. I get that, but there is part of it. It's like, God, guys, <laughs> like, you know. So, so I, it's it's a, yes, it's a part of the game, but it's not one that I like. Can I can I ask you, Andrew, when when uh, Spurs are losing, as is their wont lately, and they the the opposition goalkeeper catches the ball. And it's a and basic. Oh catch. my god! And then down, he goes down to the ground, down to the knees, down it, to the chest, and then they do this little look up, look left, and look right as they're on the ground with the ball. I'm like, that is. Uh, if someone said we got to work on getting rid of that, I'd be like, we kind of do, yeah. Oh god, it's just the most like you're right. It's the most soul crushing thing that can happen in a game. If it, you're down a goal, it's like the 89th minute. You 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 kind of like you lazily play one towards the net, and he does that, and you oh man, but Get I up! want you scream at him. <laughs> oh come on, Andrew! I want that applied to. I want all bad things in life from now on to be delivered in that fashion. So like my uh, you know your wife tells you she's divorcing you. I want her to tell me she's divorcing me, then drop to her knees <laughs> down onto the floor, and then look up at me. Um. Uh, the the mechanic tells you you need to replace almost your entire engine and it's going to cost you the cost of your car. Yeah. And then I want him to fall down and do that. Like, or the, yeah. Or like you'll start to see this, JJ, as you ha- as you have you're going to have a child. And as that child grows older and stuff, you're going to understand the certain events that that involve children that will bother you. And you'll just constantly be looking at your watch during them. Like if you when you go to like a two year old's birthday party, oh, Christ, it'd be like if the. If the cake is delivered, if it's thrown to the child, they catch it and then they go to the ground and look left, look right. And you think, oh, come on already. We've been here forever. God. <laughs> it's, um, it's, a, it's, a perfect, it's a perfect metaphor for the irritations of life. Um, and, and like if the MTA is delayed, like if, they, if it's like a 20 minute wait on a train, I need to be on and I'm late for an appointment. I need to know that the person delivering that news across the the public address system then falls to the ground. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Let's see. One one final note on this one, JJ. There was a little bit being made of Mikel Arteta prior to the match. So if you remember watching Arsenal All or Nothing, this was this game last year. Uh, Arsenal went to St James Park and lost against the mm-hmm. Newcastle team that was not yet this version of Newcastle. Right. Um, it was it was kind of viewed as a as I maybe the, the worst moment of their season. It was what kind of gave Tottenham the the real upper hand in that battle for top four right near the end of the season. And in all or nothing, it was like, it was a seminal moment in the documentary uh, was the feeling after that game. And Mikel Arteta prior to this game showed them that they watched it prior to the game. And I know you are somebody who in the past has been a little bit critical of these sorts of managerial tactics of reminding players of, of things that weren't good that they did. Yeah. But the players I'm, all, to a man, they were interviewed, they were asked about this afterwards, and they all responded to how motivating it was. I, I mean, I guess I guess I need to revise that a bit. I have, I've always felt that you're a little bit off on this one, and I think it was based in your hate of Mourinho, and he did it once, and so then you decided that Andrew, it can't be good. Andrew, there is a difference, right? This is very targeted, okay? This is showing a specific event from a specific moment, and then getting the team as a group to engage with that, find those feelings yeah. and react. Let's all watch JJ dance here and twist himself into a pretzel to, Mourinho, to change, to move the goalposts. Mourinho decided to have the, wasn't it a, a bad performance against like Middlesbrough in the cup? I, I think that was the game to run it on a loop on a TV, on the way out to training. So the players would see it on the way out to training. I feel that, I mean, that is targeted, I guess. I feel that's overkill. And there was no buy-in from the players. Wasn't it Eric Dyer went up and turned it off and Mourinho got upset? Yeah, like, I, do, I, I do think there's a way to do this. I definitely do. Um, I do not think that Mourinho's way of doing it was the right one. and But here's the difference. Arsenal were our top of the table now, are in the top two. They're fighting for something. They're going for something. So you're looking for whatever marginal gain, whatever little percentage you can get. Mourinho was like floundering in like sixth or seventh, and the team was playing dog football. So it's a different thing. One day I want someone, maybe it'll be me, to do a relitigation of Mourinho's time in charge of Spurs. I believe that he was the victim of some horrifying luck. You know, the more he's been removed from English football, the more the fondness for him returns to my heart. And I will always believe that their decision to fire him the week of a cup final when he was literally brought in to win cup finals. That was stupid. Uh, and I like Ryan Mason. It's no no offense yeah. to him. But this guy, this is what he does. This is why he was brought there. The week of? Ah, whatever. We don't even... I, 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 I'll say this. I miss Mourinho. Not manager oh, Mourinho. Such, his, the personality is I, amazing. I, so Graham Souness, this week it was announced his contract, which was amazingly a rolling year-to-year contract with Sky Sports, considering the amount of, like, himself and Roy Keane, in terms of if they say something, Sky put it out. It's a viral video. Now, it's usually people mocking Souness, saying he's, like, an old dinosaur and stuff. But he made... Sky, a lot of money in many, many, many ways. And I was surprised to see they were getting rid of him because he's not really that old. Uh, and Sunis is gone. And I was thinking, who would I like to step in there now? Come out of, man, of, of being a manager. Forget that stuff. 
be a full-time pundit. And I would love Mourinho. He'd Mourinho's little stints on DN for the Champions League with Wenger. Like, Wenger and Mourinho were round the bench for the Liverpool, the 4-0 four, the four against Barcelona. They were, like, amazing. That was the, this remontada. This remontada is named Jürgen. Has a name. Jürgen. Jürgen. Yeah. yeah, and he was brilliant. He, he is so good. He understands pacing, delivery, timing, and his insights into the game. Like he knows so much about football, it's unbelievable. Which makes me sad that and he, and he's willing to say stuff, willing to say stuff. And I find I know sometimes we would debate this a little bit, but I find him to be very likable. Like I feel like the combination Extremely of football likeable. knowledge, likable personality, willing to say things. Like those are basically the three. Those are, that's it. Like that's the dream pundit. Essentially, he's got. Listen, he's the package. And I know there's Roma fans who've enjoyed the last year with him uh, in terms of maybe maybe they haven't made the progress in the league that they wanted. I know they haven't, but like they've won a Europa Conference League with him. There's been great nights with him. Definitely. They've had a lot of fun, but I want him back. I want him in a studio. I want him in a suit. Uh, I want him. He's he's look, there's there's one thing in life you can't buy. It's charisma. You have it or you don't. And he is dripping with charisma. Yeah. So would he be your answer to the question of if you could lift anybody out of their current role within football and put them into a a, stu- a TV studio, he would be it for you? 7,000%. Uh, he'd probably be it for me. Uh, oh, he's yeah, so good, good dude. He's so good. And he's still like, I know he's like, when he first came to England, he was genuinely a sexy man. He was a f- great looking guy. He was unbelievable. Um, And he came in and he goes, I am not one of the bottle. I am. I, I think I am a special one, and there was all that bravado. And then he went on and he won stuff, and like things did get kind of at United. He he, he just started looking old and risible, and his tactics looked bad. Uh, but it doesn't mean he doesn't know the game inside out. Yeah, I want him back. Uh, I still sort of think a lot of people would have failed at that United job, and Probably. they and they all did yeah. until. Until recently, you could even yeah. say, I mean, Ten, Ten Hag has a trophy and might get another one, but we're going to talk about Manchester Think United of Mourinho right at now. Inter. Think of him at Inter. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's go right into Manchester United now. JJ, this race for top four, which didn't feel like a race a few weeks ago, suddenly is. Um, they are leaving clubs in the race, primarily Liverpool. Um, by the way, you could even suggest that Newcastle are leaving some clubs in the race just a little bit after that defeat. Yes. Uh, although Manchester United are really the one that Liverpool will have in their crosshairs. Um, United went to the London Stadium, could not find bad. the back of the net. Yeah, they um, they are shut out in this one. And meanwhile, the, the lone goal that West Ham scored was really a goal of Manchester United's doing. I mean, that I don't know. I watched the, the highlight several times. Um, it was uh, Saeed Ben-Rama, right? Ben-Rama, he lets it go. And each time I'm like, every time I watch it, I kind of think, oh, well, that's getting stopped. And it, De Gea is just caught a little bit, maybe leaning the wrong way. Uh, the ball maybe skips in a way in front of his hand that he didn't account for. The hand that he did kind of get on it, it wasn't very strong. It was just it was just terrible goalkeeping. West Ham will take it any way they can get it, especially against Manchester United, a top four club right now when West Ham are, are battling to stay up. Good for them. They did their job. But David De Gea, that ball, that can't go in. No, it can't go in. And um, 
you know, you look at the wages he's on, the salary he's on. He's one of the best played, paid players in the world. And that was based on two back-to-back seasons where he was Manchester United's player of the year. And they really, they, they pump money into it um, and it's not working. He can't do the things Ten Hag wants with the ball at his feet. And now these mistakes are, they're much more common. We saw them, uh, we saw it in the Europa League. Uh, again, a, it was a kicking error, but still it was just a terrible, terrible error. This one, he's backing, he's backing up. He's, he's, he's on his toes going backwards and it's just awful. It's absolutely awful. And uh, Ben Rama was like, can't believe that's gone in. No, Ben Rama will say, hey, I kind of took on four United defenders to get the shot off. So, oh, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. That said, um, dreadful. But United weren't good, man. They just weren't good. And if you're watching that game and you watched Declan Rice. Now, on this podcast, I don't give Declan Rice a lot of credit. Um, no, I hate own, him. Uh, yeah, I think he's a, a treacherous person but he was brilliant absolutely brilliant the way he if you had a criticism of Declan Rice what would it be probably sideways passing for England that kind of stuff Andrew he was a driving force from midfield carrying the ball into the box I don't know how many times towards the end of the game he went down that left hand channel and you watch him take on Casemiro and destroy Casemiro you also watch that West Ham midfield destroy Eriksen, who is beginning to look, you know, he's looking like a guy in his early 30s. And United now are, and supporters don't want to hear this, but like they've been bad for maybe six, eight weeks, maybe longer. And it's been bad at the wrong time. Yeah. They've, they've eked out results when they've needed to, particularly at home. That 1-0 win against Aston Villa springs to mind where they could have lost it. But the performances are not good. And this was a game where I thought I thought Marcus Rashford was excellent because he had to lead that line kind of on his own. I know Anthony had a few shots. He had one whiz past the post, one hit the outside of the post. But generally speaking, the attack was Marcus Rashford in transition. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot to ask against a West Ham team who are battling, who are compact, who are well-organized, and who, who need the points. And United looked a little bit devoid of ideas, devoid of energy, and then you throw in your goalkeeper with mistakes like that. This is a bad, bad mix. Um, Colin Miller, who is just a brilliant follow online, um, uh, he writes for the Mirror. He tweeted this after the game. The wheels have totally fallen off for Man United. A complete liability of a goalkeeper, strikers who don't score, team fatigue, loss of form through lack of rotation, another match in which players crumble in adversity, season totally disintegrating under pressure. United fans should prepare for three outcomes. Beaten to Champions League football by Liverpool. Lose FA Cup, to Ma- FA Cup to Man City, who could replicate the treble achievement. And to top it all off, ongoing uncertainty over the sale, seeing Glazers retain control of the club. Now, I don't feel quite that way. Um, I'm there with them on a lot of stuff. They're, this... they're all possible. Which of those three, then, is the one that you feel... We, they're going to get pumped in the FA Cup final. Yeah, I, I think Manchester. Yeah, it's Manchester City. Manchester City are my pick to win every time they play. Yes. They don't win every time they play. Look at their remaining fixtures. Oh, here we go. Remaining fixtures. They have uh, Wolves at home. Now, Wolves aren't just on the beach. Wolves are on the beach with a drink. That has a, a what you call that thing? It's like an umbrella. an umbrella. Yeah. A drink with an umbrella in it. Then they have Bournemouth away. 
again, a team that's, I guess, on the beach. Then they have Chelsea at home, who are in, a team. In fairness to Wolves, they beat Villa over the weekend, but continue. Um, <laughs> they have uh, Chelsea, and yeah, they did beat Villa. Yeah, Villa have got to be pretty pretty sore about that one. So, if, so if Wolves are on the beach with a drink and umbrella, what are Villa? Are they just like on a lounge chair, completely asleep, asleep getting sunburnt? They've passed out. Yeah, uh, listening to the latest national album. Um, uh, United have Chelsea at home, uh, and then they finish with Fulham at home. These are kind fixtures. They have to win those games or win enough points from those games to, to secure top four. They are still favorites for that. But there's no doubt this has been just not it's, good. No. You said something interesting at the start of, of that there. Did that I? Tirade against Manchester United. No, um, don't frame it like that. Oh, I can't take it. Um, I, don't, I don't need the abuse. You said that this is the absolute worst time. Something to the effect of, would you say this is the worst time to be playing this way? That, yeah. That's interesting. I wonder about that. Um, because I think about teams that kind of narrowly qualify for top four. Like, for example, Tottenham a year ago, when they were playing their best football, it was the end of the season to get into the Champions League and feelings were good and it was, we're going to push on and be a title contender now. And I wonder if that almost brings in some sense of off-season complacency. Our S doesn't stink. We're better than than maybe we actually are. Manchester United, if they qual again, if they qualify for top four, which I still think Liverpool are going to find a way and get that spot. But oh. if United do just enough to get that place, maybe this is actually not the worst thing. Maybe it will not allow them to go into a summer thinking, okay, we're actually pretty good. Maybe it will kick them on and be like, okay, we are not there yet. We got we were fortunate at the end of the season. We did our job early in the year to give ourselves a cushion um, that we could mess with, but we messed with it. And we got right. right up to the edge. We got to get better. So maybe it's not the worst time. No, and I, and the noise is coming out of Ten Hagar is we we need reinforcements. We we need the the squad does need further overhaul. Um, I think they'd be absolutely mad to add Harry Kane to this. Mad. This would be. I mean, it, I say mad. If they're, if I mean, JJ, the... they're playing without Veghorst I know. as their striker. Know. Although he's kind of playing in a number ten role. I don't know. They don't know what to do with him. Uh, I know. On loan from Burnley, technically. I mean, look, honestly, well, like I know uh, you say, uh, if it, adding Kane to this isn't the right idea, but if you look up and down their lineup, and you one of one of these things is not like the others. You're what right. What is Veghorst doing starting for Manchester United? Like you're right. You're so right. And and I suppose I'm thinking, I'm thinking of like the perfect way to build a club. And maybe Man United are like, we need to just win a Premier League very very soon just to bridge this gap. Just as a settler, you know, as a team that won them were perennial champions in the 90s and the 2000s. We need one to settle us. <laughs> Just get us. Like, remember when they bought Robin Van Persie? Uh-huh. Like, they, he was about to turn 30 and they blew a whole load of money on him and he was unreal for that, for Fergie's last season. Yeah. And then Fergie's like, adios. <laughs> and when Percy's like, what? No? Are you serious? And then he falls off a cliff because Moyes makes him do sprinting uh, in training. Uh, but maybe can maybe maybe short termism is the way they need to be right now. Yeah. Um, I by the way, I don't know that he'd do it. Like I, I worry that Manchester City, like this this version of City, um, I don't know that Kane goes into that United squad and yeah. and that's enough. Yeah, no, that's know. true too. Um, and they need overhaul at centre back. They need overhaul in the full back positions. Coming they out need- of this game, this West Ham game, JJ, a price tag 
was floated out there for Declan Rice being available, that West Ham would make him available for 120 million. Now, this is just personally my philosophy. It's probably wrong. I'm sure you could throw a lot of guys at me that would prove it to be wrong. If I'm paying 120 million, it's got to be for a guy who scores goals. I'm sorry. It's the hardest thing to do in this sport. I'm okay. not down. I'm not downplaying what it is that midfielders do. They're vital, especially the, the really good ones. Ngolo Conte, that guy's almost priceless for what he's provided to three different clubs during his career. But for me, watching this sport, the hardest thing to do is to finish a move. If you're going to spend that kind of money, it's got to be on somebody who scores goals. That's just my philosophy. Agree. But if you watch, if you watch them torching the United midfield and you're Richard Arnold and you're sat in the stands at the yeah. London Stadium, aren't you like, this is... I, oh, don't get me wrong. I'd want him. Yeah. I just wouldn't pay $120 million for him. That's got to be somebody who scores goals. What, what if I said to you... Iniesta. You give me Iniesta and I, I have a chance to look... <laughs> looking at how his career went, sure. I'll spend Give me 120... Iniesta. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll drop 120 Good man. Good man. You're a white. No, Golo Conte would make me consider it for what sure. for what he, the impact that he's had on multiple Roy Keane would have career. made you thought about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But Fair like, enough. but I don't Zinedine know. Zinedine Zidane. Now I'm thinking. Now I'm thinking. <laughs> I don't um, know that Declan Rice gets me there. No, I hear you. But what about if I can give you a package? What about if I can give you Jude Bellingham, Declan Rice? For package. 120? For quarter, quarter you're, you're looking. You're like a car salesman. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. What if I throw in the power steering? I hey, think all if... cars have power steering. <laughs> what, what, well, hold on, got... hold on. Cup holders. <laughs> I could give you seven of the best tree-shaped air fresheners you're going to get anywhere, right? And that's free to you today if you take this car off me. Yeah, yeah. I... Are you asking me if I would like my team to have Declan Rice and Jude Bellingham on it? Probably. Is that what kind of question is that? I don't know. What is it going to cost? I'm not like I again. I, I've been down on, on Rice or whatever. But if I'm watching what he did to Casemiro, like in the closing stages of that game, I'm like, oh jeez, is it Boy, better? Cas- Casemiro, JJ. <laughs> if we're talking about, I think, I think one day if we're Remember during the pandemic, we didn't know what to do, so we did those like time machine games where we pretended that like games from the past had just happened because we had run out of things to talk about. Uh, I think let's let's just say we're in a pandemic again one day. Uh, hopefully not. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. But we've run out of things to do. I think we could do a whole series of relitigating. I would want to have a series of guys where I'd want to relitigate careers, seasons, things like that. I think it'd be a fascinating series. I'd want to relitigate Mourinho's Spurs. I'd want to relitigate Casemiro's season for Manchester United because it's mm. been he's been the most important player on their team and he's been simultaneously the weakest link on their he's team. He's the best signing since Cantona. You heard that stuff. But yeah. then he's just like a red card waiting to happen. He has moments where like You'll see, you'll hear three weeks ago, somebody say, God, what a priceless signing that that guy has been. Then you'll see other people saying, oh, classic United going out and signing the oldest player they could get their hands on who can't run. Like It's just like, I've seen every comment under the sun about the season that that guy has had. I, I want to, I think we could do a whole series of relitigation of, of whether or not somebody was good or bad. at what. At, you at know what job. though? I think we should go back to our pod after the Carabao Cup where we were full, we were full masked for Man United. Sure. Yeah, we were. We certainly were. Where is the JJ Hopeometer for Liverpool landing a, a top four spot? Uh, look, I had the best day ever yesterday, so I'm buzzing. So I'm going to say it's at a seven. It's high. It's Out of ten, high. I assume. Now, I will say we were crap against Brentford. 
like like Mbwemo and Tony had their way with our defenders, and there's every chance if that game was replayed that they they tie or even win the match. Uh, but Liverpool got it done, and if they're in the mood for getting it done, um, I don't know. I'm at seven. I'll put it that way. Okay, that's fair. Um, let's see. Let's move to the bottom of the table, JJ. The relegation race. Everton run absolutely wild. They put five past Brighton. Uh, incredible. Just incredible. Uh, they pick up a massively important three points. You know the so last big. time that Everton scored five on the road? The last time that Everton scored five on the road <clears throat> was ooh, under Marco Silva. Was it? Could be 2018. Oh, he, he wasn't there yet, was he? No, no. that was Kuman, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know. Whatever. It was 2018. It's not <laughs> who was managing them that I care about. It was who he. It was who they did it against that I five find on the, five on the road. Don't it was a, it was against Burnley and Sean Dyche. Get out. Who this time had a front row seat, but for a different reason. Shut was, the front door. Are you serious? Was, yeah, he was on the winning side. Um, JJ, huh? so I saw something. I couldn't believe it. So Everton scored. They won 5-1. But I saw from the XG philosophy that the Brighton XG curse strikes again. We thought we were we thought we were out of that era for Brighton. But apparently, according to their XG, Brighton uh, won the XG battle despite Everton scoring five. And some of them, like, Dwight McNeil walked the ball into that. The XG on that's got to be like 100. I don't understand how it's possible. <laughs> That like that alone. But I Bright- think it's from the starting point of the chance, Andrew. Is that how it works? I don't understand any of this. I just read the numbers. Two point seven six to two point three. I uh, mean, Pickford. But, but made... Bright- what were Brighton's chances that were so? Oh, McAllister had an unbelievable header saved by Pickford. It was a brilliant save. Yeah, all right. Uh, Evan like... Fer- Evan Ferguson had a similar chance as well. A brilliant save. Um, Everton. Like the fir- first goal. But look at looks like a what... gaping net from five yards out. After like 34 seconds. What when does XG start? Like when when I don't understand. I don't get it. I need an expert. Like I, I know what numbers are good, bad, things like that, but to understand so, so, the move and like it's just so, what is it? it's just a guy who decides how hard it is, right? Like who's he? He knows so, better than me. So the the decore sitter starts when the ball is centered to him. Right. And he's there free and open to score. If you look at b- back at the Dwight McNeil goal where he rounds the keeper and w- walks it into the net, there's a high difficulty right before that when, he, when he's in possession of the ball. So he creates the chance itself. It doesn't start when he's on the line and he kicks it into the net. It starts I'm operating before. on the AGXG from now on. The AGXG. Uh, Everton had seven. in this. <laughs> Dwight McNeil's goal where he walked it into the net counts double. And it's seven. Um, you know, it's interesting cause I, I put on the rundown. Did you see this coming? And, and cause my, it's almost a rhetorical question. Everton have been trash all season. They don't score goals. The obvious answer to that is no, no one on earth saw this coming. However, it does bear mentioning that just one match earlier against Leicester city, they did muster 23 shots in that game. Now I know that that stat is not an end all be all stat, but you're not taking twenty three, sh- but you're not taking twenty three shots in a game where you a don't have the ball and b aren't getting in positions close to goal somewhat. Uh, so like now, th- and they scored two of them in that game. It was a two two draw against Leicester. So like, I, 
you know, I don't... and, and by, even right before that, in the game before that, when they got smashed by Newcastle, even in that game against a good team where they got killed, they still got 13 shots and five on target. So, like, look, I didn't see a 5-1 against a really good team away from home. I didn't see that coming. But over the last few weeks, Everton had been doing something offensively that is of value, I would say. I, th- I think so. I also think there is the... It's a soccer moment that we've all seen from our teams where everything falls your way. So the the first the first goal, it's 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 Brighton with their kind of be high up the field, high press, and Dunk just gets out of position, way out of position. He's the center back, and the whole field opens up after Calvert Lewin turns him. The second goal. Andrew, is Decore ever going to finish a goal better than that oh on my the volley? God. Amazing, Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Amazing finish. Now that one in the AGXG has a low. That's a low number. I, I exactly. exceed that. Yeah. Look at the height it's at. Look at the kind of player Decore is. A brilliant finish. He'll never Absolutely. do it again. He'll never yeah. do it again. And no, he won't. And then there's the the transition goal. Then there's the the McNeil goal. There's that a lot of things. Now Everton had to be at it, and they had to capitalize, and they had to be there. But a lot of things kind of just fell perfectly for them. In that game. Now, we, I know one of your favorite things in football is watching an away end go off. Watch the game back, the highlights on YouTube, on the NBC channel. The Everton supporters, they've just been craving this, dying for this. To see them go mental like that at the Amex. Yeah. That's football, man. It was absolutely brilliant. And I, I, I you know, I kind of... I'm rooting for chaos because in my brain, it's like, it's not, it's not a rivalry thing for me. I never grew up in the city. Uh, I'm not that kind of a, like really a supporter. I hate when they would beat us, but I, I mean, it rarely happens. Let's be honest. Uh, My reasons for wanting them to go down are, are, are kind of like perverted to see like what happens when a massive club goes down in this, in this era, you know, a huge, enormous club. Not Leeds 20 years ago or 16 years ago. I'm talking about now. Like, what happens when a club like everything goes down who have got the financial problems? Like, I'm, I'm kind of hoping for to somehow expose the rot at the heart of football. That's why I kind of want to see them go down. But I, I enjoyed their supporters. I enjoyed enjo- them enjoying themselves, basically. Uh, yeah, and they certainly are, much like the scenes we saw at the end of last season. Um, it's it's kind of happening again. Everton but it's even better. Huge games that we don't expect them to win. The the guys who travel away, we we really don't talk enough about it on the, this podcast. They're amazing people. They literally start their year, and they're not. Their major concern isn't their families. They love their families. Not saying they don't. Their major concern at the start of the year is right. Where am I going? How am I getting there? What, like, can I take work off the next day? Can I take work off early to get there? Who am I bringing? Is my young fella old enough to bring on an away trip? Is my is my my little girl old enough to bring? Will the wife be okay with me being away that long? Or in the other case, will my husband be okay with me being away that long? All these thoughts, they plan it out. Weddings, forget it. Forget it. The wedding clashes with an away game. Forget it. These people are so single-minded and they spend thousands, 
money that could be put into college funds and cars and houses. They are truly the most fanatical people. And Brighton is nowhere close, nowhere close to Merseyside. Some of them went on buses for hours with smelly people and their smelly feet and beer and probably other substances too on a bus down there just to see their team do that. These people are, they're a different breed. Uh, Meanwhile, Leicester City concede five to Fulham. They remain in the bottom three. James Madison afterwards, he said, I'm hurting. This was a big game for us and we were not at it. We were not hungry enough to want to win the game. If I'm a Leicester City fan and I've supported this club through great moments and now through, you know, I supported them through when they were relegated and they were in the championship, then they come back up, they win the league. And yeah, that buys them a lot of goodwill. Certainly it's the most improbable title of our lifetime. Um, But as I've been supporting them through this, this battle to stay up. And then I hear a player on the team say we were not hungry enough to want to win the game when they're as a fan, I'm living and dying with what's going on this season. But I hear my own player say that the best player on my team. I'm beside myself with rage. You're not at it enough. What am I doing? Spending all this money traveling like you're just talking about with Everton. You got Leicester City fans doing the same traveling all over the place to watch this crap. This team try to stay up and stave off relegation. Fulham drop five on them. Fulham are good. They shouldn't be scoring five against anybody, especially a team desperate to stay up. And avoid relegation, not hungry enough. What's it going to take, James? What a ridiculous comment! I would have lost my mind if I were a Leicester City fan. That guy can go. That's oh. that would be my reaction. He's a great player. Fine, you can go. We don't need that attitude in a relegation race. Now, Leicester City fans, I think, did voice this. They were furious. You could see them during the game. They booed Leicester City off um, before at the half. When it was what was it four nil at halftime? I mean, it, they were they were horrible. They were horrible, and the fans could see that the players weren't at it. Um, Madison then he, he I'm reading from I think it's the BBC here. Madison later sought to clarify his post match comments on social media, saying, "When I say not hungry enough, I mean aggressive and on the front foot in duels, uh-huh. not us wanting to win or realizing the importance. We were not good enough today. We've only got ourselves to blame and apologize for that. But as someone who sees the work we are doing every single day to try and put this right, it's not down to attitude or application. All right, I'm if I'll, I'll choose to believe you." But not a good look. We weren't hungry enough. No, I imagine hearing that. Imagine the rage that would build up inside you. Leicester have lost 21 Premier League games this season. They're most in a league campaign since 94-95, where they lost 25, a season in which they were relegated from the top flight. I, I'm beginning to think they're gone. J- yeah, uh, JJ, on February 11th, Leicester pummeled Tottenham 4-1. Yep. Since then, they've won one game, one win in nearly three months for oh Leicester City. God. You know, this is a conversation that we've had with Everton um, where, you know, I-, I said last week that Everton are, you know, big club or not, they're right where they should be. They're that bad. They They deserve to be in a relegation race. We called it before the season. Leicester, like because their season kind of slowly went this way, like I said, this this one win in three months happened later in the season. 
maybe they've flown under the radar a little bit, but I think it's time to ask the same question of them. Are they like, are they underachieving or are they properly achieving? Are they right where they should be? I, I, I mean, do you want me to lean into the cliches? Defensively, table, they're horrible. Table doesn't they, lie. I I thought well, the table doesn't lie, but you can still say whether a team is underachieving or overachieving. I I I I I would say, like Soyuncu, Valtvez, and Castagna. Why do I think those are three good defenders? Is Valtvez is he a good defender? I, I don't know. Mm. Maybe I'm just scarred by his dual own goal game, <laughs> and I'm bitter because he was on my fantasy team for it. Ah. Uh, it's I mean, we we all heralded. Is he good, I don't know. We all heralded Soyuncu. Oh, they didn't. They got rid of Harry Maguire, and look at the guy they got in. Brilliant, you know. Midfield of Tielemans, uh, Samare, Madison, Pratt, Barnes, Jamie Vardy still starting up front for them, though. Well, I don't know if that's a good thing. No, I don't think that's a good thing either. Um, Maybe they're slightly underachieving. Maybe they should be more like. Bottom of the mid tables, but do you not? Do you but remember, I don't know. They're, do you, I think they're remember, pretty. Do you remember they started this season badly, and Rogers came out and he talked about lack of investment, blah blah blah. The club hasn't been, you know, the club hasn't pushed forward in that regard, and we all thought, oh, that's bad. And then they went on this run to kind of pull themselves clear a little. I know it didn't last, obviously, but I remember thinking, watching them, thinking he's got them playing again. I don't think they should be where they are, but they are. Yes, that is true. I mean, look, we just said before that Everton uh, in their previous match had 23 shots. That was against this Leicester team. And in that game, Everton had an XG of 3.09, more than than in a game where they scored five goals. Leicester, like, I don't. we talked about how teams right now are giving up huge goal totals because they're on the beach, the season's over. That's supposed to be the mid-table teams. That's supposed to be the teams that aren't playing for anything anymore. You know, teams that are you know, just kind of like in some sort of haze at the end of the season. It's not supposed to be the teams fighting for their lives. But, Can I ask you something? Yeah. Do you think they appointed Dean Smith because they wanted a proven championship manager next year? If they did, if they did that, while they were out of the relegation zone and a lot of teams were still below them. Now they were in the fight, but there were teams below them. If they did that, that is the most loser attitude I've ever seen in my entire life. (laughs) That's disaster. That that is unforgivable. If they did that, if they were already planning for life in the championship, not even in the relegation zone with how much time to go in the season, two months left. There's if they did and that ever got out, I, I, I'd say, well, now now I understand why James Madison is saying the things that he's saying. If the club are, are resigned to their fate, what do these players care for? I, I don't know. That would be that that's like tear up my season ticket type stuff. Okay. I, I hope that's not true. Uh, I know that's just a theory you just floated that you haven't heard that, but no, I've just thrown it out there. Yeah, because... I, I I I refuse to believe that. Okay. That's awful. That's awful. If that's All true. Right. Okay. Uh, by the way, one of the ancillary stories from this game that has also gone underreported this season. Willian is good again. Yeah, can we talk about that? Now, I know one of the goals, I don't know that it was on purpose, but he scored twice in this one. But, like, uh, he's he has been good now for the whole season, at least when he's been healthy this season. He's been a huge part of Fulham's success this year. We all thought, we all we all read and wrote his obituary after his time at Arsenal when that went so bad. Um 
and that was a few years ago. He's come back to Fulham and he's found something. What is he? Thirty-four years old. Yeah, but he, I've I've watched a fair bit of them, just I kind of by accident the last few weeks because like I wouldn't be looking out for Fulham games, especially when they're on the beach. And remember, they had that four-game slump, and then they've come back. Yeah, he's been brilliant. Yeah, like not not like I'm, I'm not saying this. Isn't he doing well for an old guy that we thought was finished like five years ago? four years ago, definitely when he, remember when he moved to Arsenal, we were like, this is an example of why Arsenal are going nowhere. He looks absolutely class. Yeah. And by the way, I would have to check, but that, that slump for Fulham may have coincided with when he was out injured. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's been a really interesting, not talked about, um, third act to a career, (laughs) I guess. I, I mean, when he left, when he, when Arsenal got rid, it was like you know, oh, let's get the deadwood out. He he's been great for them. I I think Silva deserves so much credit, uh, for just reinventing himself, reinventing that club. Yeah. They look like a serious outfit at, with him as manager. Yeah, I like that guy. I like that guy. Uh, finally, JJ Nottingham Forest keep themselves in the fight. They push Southampton game. ever closer to the abyss. I mean, Southampton, what a what a wild game. Jeez, Crazy in the, in the game. pouring rain. Um. But yeah, Southampton, I would say it's getting getting to the signed, sealed, and delivered portion here of uh of of a team who's officially relegated. I don't believe it's official yet. I think they're still like if they win out and what is it, like Leeds lose out or something and the, the goal difference is swung. I don't know, but it's it's over. Okay. Um, yeah. I think the, the the score sheet for Nottingham Forest is indicative of just like Forest's let's buy all the players and hope something comes together policy. So you had uh, Tayo uh, Awoni, he he scores two goals. Um, Morgan Gibbs White, and then JJ. Danilo. It's starting to happen for Morgan Gibbs White. That you was think supposed, so? that was supposed to be a big, like a young player, maybe ready to emerge this season and get on the radar of bigger clubs. And I think that that is, I think it's happening. Boy, what an assist he had in this game too! That little yeah. like back heel on the box, uh, first touch. Uh, I'm starting to I'm starting to think that yeah the hype is real. I, I thought Awoni took his the second goal particularly well. Um, he also lifted his shirt to reveal a, you know a, something from Sam's, you know a, a little biblical reference on on his jersey. I, I and so I'm curious <clears throat> if you were to score a goal and you had to have a message on the shirt under on your undershirt, what what would that be? Oh man, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't Yours even... would be a panicked. Message. Oh, so you've already you've already thought of one for Yours me. Would what be... was the point of even asking the question? Yours would yours would be Amanda. I think I left the cooker on. I can't be sure. Can you just check, please check? Because I'm really worried that the house will burn down. Also, <laughs> that's what yours would be. I see. Thank you for shoehorning that dig at me into the podcast needlessly. Um, let's see. So that's about all I got for relegation, JJ. So the way it looks now, uh, they're all on 35 games. Everybody down there. So it's all it's all evened up. Uh, 18, 19, 20. Leicester, Leeds, Southampton, um, Everton. And uh, Everton are two points above Leicester City, sitting in uh, 17th right now. Um, so it is still tight. Nottingham Forest got up to 33 points. And then you start to see the gap. Uh, West Ham, Bournemouth, they they appear safe. Um, it's, it's it's tight now, and 
if we're doing factor of fear, you really fear for Leeds United now, and you really fear for for Leicester. Yeah, but this there's three games to go. There is still time for this to swing. You cannot call this yet. It is it's still hanging in the balance. Complicated a little bit by the fact that Nottingham Forest they're three points up, but in one week that could change because their goal difference is horrifying. Um, <laughs> so it's it's not nothing is settled yet. All all of those teams. Your fans should be nervous unless you're a Southampton fan in which you should just be resigned to your fate. Um, JJ, uh, we'll a little more to go still on the pod. Before, though, we go to break, I want to remind everybody that support for Caught Offside is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code CAUGHTOFFSIDE at manscaped.com. So go to manscaped.com and uh, type in that code, and you'll get that 20% off the free shipping for oh. the performance package. It's brilliant stuff. And, uh, and 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 so many of our listeners have got on that, and, and credit to them for doing it. And I am just enjoying uh, Manscaped so much, Andrew. I know, I know you are. I know you're much more, how would I put it? A much... It's a much safer process for me now. Before it was almost like I was undergoing a, a surgical procedure every couple months. <laughs> it was that sort of attitude. I'd have to rev myself up for it. I'd even numb the area sometimes. Oh God. Well, whatever it takes. Uh, but now, I mean, look, I'm exaggerating a little bit, although some of my <laughs> methods have been questioned, but uh, like, this is just, it's made that all so easy. And let's, let's be real for a sec. If you're doing anything down there, it, it needs to be safe. It needs to be done the right way. That's not the area to be experimenting with with scissors and such, as some of us have learned the hard way. All right, do it the right way. If you're going to do it, do it right. Manscaped.com, promo code caught offside. Um, by the way, we should say, too, with the performance package, it's not just the razor. Um, it's also the nose hair trimmer. It also comes with the travel bag. Uh, there's, uh, boxer briefs. Um, it's, it's phenomenal. It's a fantastic package with, with so much, uh, and it's, charger, it's helped our course. relation. It's helped our relationship because the, I mean, I, for years, I wanted to say, Andrew, you've got cables hanging from your nose and, and I was never able to do it cause I didn't want to insult you. And, and, and now you can just deal with it and I don't have to say anything. Yeah. And by the way, we should note too, the lawnmower, the main, the main piece of this is waterproof. So if you do this in the shower, you can. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Um, make it up, make a day of it, make a yep. whole thing of it. It's clean amazing. up is clean up is easy. The whole process again. This is one of those things in life that don't make it harder than it needs to be. It shouldn't be. It should be easy, done, go on with my day. It doesn't need to be a whole surgical procedure. It doesn't need to be, honey, taking the scissors into the bathroom. And the there, number one, yes, and the number one thing I would say, blood. I would say about this is that it's just the whole thing is made easy for you um so it's time to take care of yourself go to manscaped.com and get 20 percent off plus free shipping with code caught offside do it just do it get 20 percent off and free shipping with code caught offside at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off free shipping at manscaped.com use code caught offside unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with 
Manscaped. I'll tell you what, JJ, let's go ahead. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we got a little bit more to do on the other side. Not too much, but stuff that you won't want to miss. I saw there's news just this morning about Lionel Messi. Um, so we'll mention that. After uh, his hostage video apology. Yes, yes. So we'll mention that. Still a little bit more to go here on Caught Offside. Don't go anywhere. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Oh, back now. Offside, JJ. I was just reading as we were starting the podcast today that uh, Lionel Messi, his suspension has been lessened. He will be available uh, this weekend for PSG. It uh, goes so, to show you what a thank 19, 1980s style "I'm captured in Beirut" video will do for you. Bleacher Report rep- are saying that Messi's transfer to Saudi Arabia is a done deal, according to. The AFP, so the French, basically the French um, uh, journalist, yeah. Agence France Press, the whatever you want to call it, their their um, their AP version. So done deal. We'll see. I feel like I don't know. That's a term that gets thrown around. Uh, we'll see. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Not saying okay. it's crazy. It's obviously. It seems like it's one of three choices. So. Sure, there's a good chance. I, I I would be, I'll go on the record as saying I would be dismayed by that. Yeah, I'm I'm not ready to see him. Look, I, I hate to say it. I don't mean to be dismissive of their league or whatever. Good for them. Like they deserve to have good football played, just like I want good football players here in MLS. But as a fan of <laughs> that doesn't really pay much attention to that league, I'm not ready to see him become irrelevant. <laughs> and he would. Mm. That'd be it. Goodbye. I mean, Jay, how much Ronaldo are you watching lately? You know, Not like, a I'll lot. read about it. I'll see some highlights on YouTube or uh, on Twitter, but like, no, I'm not. Yeah, I, I still, I don't know that he's the player he was, but he's still UEFA Champions League quality. You know, I still want to see him playing in important Tuesday and Wednesday night fixtures. Like, I'm not ready for that to go. Um, so it would be a bummer. It's not what it's not the outcome I'm rooting for here. And by the way, the things I'm saying right now, you could say, all right, well, I want to hear that same energy from you when he goes to Inter Miami. There would be part of me that would say, yeah, that's I kind of want to still see him playing in the UEFA Champions League in, in the highest level of club competition. But I would hope that all of you out there could differentiate between, you know, if I'm saying I'm not ready to see him become irrelevant, him coming to my domestic league would not make him irrelevant to me. Um, him going to Saudi Arabia would. And I'm not ready for that. Uh, PSG, though, an important win over the weekend. They do move closer to this title that they, you know, they've dragged Lens back in the race. Uh, but they're now they got six points up on them after their win over the weekend. Neymar says now he would consider leaving. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Neymar. Like after after crowds <laughs> came to your home and told you to leave, 
And it's like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll I'll think about it. The rioting mob made me think twice about what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, JJ, I will let you sound off here on how the championship rounded out on Monday. It all it all came to a conclusion. Oh, it did. It really did. Um, let's just let me give you what the the semifinals will be uh, in the playoffs. Uh, so obviously, uh, Burnley and Sheffield United they are gone up. We know that much. And now it's going to be Sunderland versus Luton Town and Coventry City versus Middlesbrough. Um, it's the club that didn't make it that I'm more interested in. I know. You want to talk about how Millwall were 3-1 up against Blackburn Rovers at home and contrived to lose 4-3. It's incredible. It is absolutely incredible. that the, the, the faces of the players at full time will stay with me forever. Absolutely daunted by what's happened. Haunted. I don't know how a club recovers from something like this. A club like them in particular, um, just traumatic. It didn't have to happen. I don't understand why they were so open after 3-1. I just don't get it. You guys can watch the highlights yourself. Watch the goals. Um, it's, it's, I, I, I've, I've watched it myself. I, do, I don't understand it. Um, they could have used a little Granite Jaka lying down to help them through it. Game management, game. JJ. Um, ben Brereton Diaz obviously had a, you know, just a brilliant little cameo to win it for them. But it, it did not have to be like this. Uh, Duncan Watmore had scored uh, a brace and then uh, Ollie Burke had got the other one to put them 3-1 up and you thought they were home and hose, but they were most assuredly not. Um, so the semifinals, um, I mean, it's set up very nicely. Sunderland versus Luton Town. Sunderland... Uh, you know, everyone's been following their story. So there's a huge Sunderland fan base actually in the United States uh, going back to their Premier League days. So, I mean, that's that's a massive game. Coventry and Middlesbrough. What an interesting game that is. Uh, Middlesbrough, you know, they're not quite a yo-yo team, but something approaching that, I guess. Um, so, you know, great for them to be to be in the playoffs. Coventry, a team that, I mean, do they even own their own ground anymore? Like this was one of those teams we were expecting them uh, to be to go the same way as Bury not so long ago, and now they're on the brink of going to the Premier League. And what that money, that injection of money, will do to this club? This you're on about stories and fairy tales. Coventry City is the daddy of all of those. Um, a Premier League team in the '90s when they went down, they went down and they went hard. They moved stadium. They were at Highfield Road. They built a new stadium, the stadium, the Rico Arena at the time. And we all thought they owned it. They didn't. It was some kind of rental agreement, some kind of arrangement. Uh, they sold it. Absolute mess. Total mess. And now they're on the brink of the Premier League. So, uh, look, playoff football is where it's at. It's, uh, it's, it's very exciting. Looking forward to it. Yeah. I am gutted for Millwall. Oh, relax. Gutted. <laughs> Jeez. I had bought into that. Um, and you know what? Maybe that's maybe it's what they deserve for some of the elements in their fan base. I guess. <laughs> wow. And me. Finding a way to simultaneously make friends and enemies <laughs> with that club. It's, it's interesting to watch. Um, yeah. While we're talking about the championship, one one thing I want to mention in the Sally Field, you like me, you really like me moment of the week. JJ at Birmingham City, uh, the the club supporters player of the season. Austin, Austin Trusty. Yeah. yeah. You Very like good. me. You really like me. We need to be validated. Yes. Uh, yes. And some American fans will will 
they'll lie to themselves and say, oh, I, it, I don't care if, what the English think of me. I do. <laughs> I do care. I need your love. I need you to know that I know what I'm talking about. I need to hear it from you, English people, and you alone. I need your validation. It's important to me. It when an everything. English person is nice to you, are you just like, my day is made? Yeah. Yeah. When when they, when they I feel like I say something about soccer and they agree or show me some sign of, oh, he's not a total dunce, then I, I think, yes. Yes, today was a good day. Is this called a post-colonial hangover? Yeah, or like, yeah, I guess, sure, you could call it that, sure. Um, let's see, one MLS note I want to mention, Gerhard Struber out as manager of the New York Red Bulls. Uh, one win in 11 games will do that. Now, overall, uh, his record in all competitions with the Red Bulls was not bad. 33 wins, 31 losses, 23 draws. Uh, the club were pretty effusive. Of their uh, in their praise of him, they said we we thank Gerhard and Bernd uh, Eibler, his assistant, for their work and commitment to our club, and wish them well in their next endeavors. JJ, um, they also say I want to especially thank Gerhard for his dedication to this club and for his personal sacrifices that he made, especially being away from his family. Let our players through a difficult time, keeping everyone in good spirits while continuing our playoff streak. After many discussions with Gerhard over the past few weeks, we mutually came to the agreement that a change now would be beneficial for both parties. He apparently, Gerhard Struber, in his statement, he came out and told them that he's gonna he was going to leave at the end of the season. His family is back in Europe, and he needs to be there. He's been away long enough. So he said, he I'm going. And so they thought, well, maybe our team isn't playing well. You're leaving anyway. Let's just... Let's just get a head start on this, and and maybe it's probably best for all parties. So when they say it's mutual, it's never mutual. Maybe maybe this one was. Now, Stu, Struber, he's been an easy punching bag this season, A, because the team has been terrible, B, because his handling of the Dante Van Zier incident yes. I thought was awful. And, and we talked about that on this show, that the way that went down, just it was unacceptable. Um, so, you know, that will, unfortunately for him, um, that will cloud the way people remember his time at the Red Bulls uh, because it was so recent that that's sort of going to be the the lasting image was was the images of that night. Um, and it was just handled so poorly uh, that it's you, you can't escape that. Now, I will say this in terms of on-field performance, like if you're going to look at that and talk about that, uh, Jonathan Siegel at MLS.com, he does point out the following. Um, like I said, Red Bulls one win in 11 games. However, Jonathan points out the Red Bulls roster largely resembles their 2022 one minus captain and U.S. men's national team center back Aaron Long departing for LAFC and free agency. As of late, they've been without three high priced attackers in designated players, Lukinius, who's out injured. And of course, Dante Van Zier, who's suspended, as well as Tam level winger and 2022 leading scorer, Lewis Morgan, who's out through injury. Yes. So now look, one of those is the Van Zier one, which like. I can't, it's hard for me to give you sympathy uh, for that. Like that was just disgusting. Um, but if we're, but if you're talking from a footballing perspective, he was a designated player. Like that was somebody that was being relied upon before the season, not having him matters. Lukinius designated player injured matters. Lewis Morgan, like Aaron Long. So, yeah. so there are, this is, this was a manager who had a lot going in the wrong direction. They weren't playing well. The guys who he needed to be there were not there. He's away from his family. It made sense that this this had run its course. Let's just end this and get a fresh start for all parties. Yeah, and look, I don't think there was a significant portion of the fan base wanted him out. After what happened with Van Zier, they were done. 
And so, like, it just makes sense to me. Um, I think it was, was it Charles Bohm wrote, uh, it wasn't exactly a firing, nor was it really a resignation. Uh, It was mutual. It was mutual. And I think it's the best for all parties. Yeah. Uh, Finally, JJ, we should say a cup was won over the weekend. Real Madrid defeat Osasuna to win the season's Copa del Rey. Um, I don't have very much to say about this. It was another good day for Rodrigo, who I love. Um, it seems every year for Real Madrid produces another player that I fall in love with. It was Fede Valverde coming into the season. Now ending the season, it's Rodrigo. I just, I don't know. I just And then before that. that was Vinicius. You were on the oh, Vinicius yeah, bandwagon before anyone. When he was like... I will not. Of- now, I, I can't claim that. A, a diehard Real Madrid supporters will probably not like that. But I will say that... When Vinicius was still very raw and prone yeah. to errors, I saw something in that kid, JJ. I thought, honestly, I say it, it was a classical... honestly, I, thought, I, I said, if he can harness some of this, you see, you see what's here. I, there was he a has classical, harnessed it. There was a classical where they, Barcelona lost 2-1 and he had a ton of chances created by himself and he missed them. And I was real harsh on him. And you were like, hey, 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 settle yeah. down. He was like 17 I know. or 18. When I see a guy, even if he's not finishing chances, who's that young with that sort of an imprint on a Classico, I think there's there's something here. There just is. You would be a great like sporting director. You would be a really good one, I think. Wow. Because you see That's... the big picture. You're able to put an arm around a player. You know, you'd know when to get rid of a guy. I think you'd you'd be very good with locker room chemistry. You know what works. What doesn't work? I, I, I would back you for that role. I would never make you manager. You play a goalkeeper as a center forward. You'd be, I mean, it'd be dreadful. You're not English, but you're close. And that sort of validation and praise, JJ, means that this is going to be a good day. This was fun, my friend. We covered a lot of ground here. We'll be back with you. Like I said, uh, you'll probably see that podcast drop early Thursday morning. So you'll have it for your morning commutes to recap the first legs of both Champions League semifinals. Can't wait for those. Oh, my God. Both great matchups. Should be a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun. Happy birthday, brother. I'm glad it was a great day. And you'll have another, an even better day next year on May 8th. That's my promise to you. JJ, to you, I say. Check you later, fun boy. I'll see you. Take care, brother. You've been listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.